Greetings, friends and fiends, and other assorted members of the Free Range EDC congregation. It's Uncle Todd here with a bit of a programming note. Uh, this episode was actually recorded back around the beginning of June sometime, and, well, it was scheduled to go out a lot sooner than it has, but thanks to our intern Patrick, well, those dreams have died. And have no fear, uh, Patrick has been dressed down quite thoroughly for his misstep by the man they call Tim, and we're quite sure this will never happen again. So please enjoy this rather late, rather dated episode of Free Range Idiocy. Uh, this is now technically episode 69. You'll hear references to other numbers while you are listening, but be assured it is now in sequence number 69. So enjoy. Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're a video. But that's the evidence in the car! But I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but, you know, mostly just the stuff we like. We've spent a lot of time on this year's podcast obsessing about, well, a lot of things now that I think about it. It's kind of our gimmick, you could say. However, two things in particular that we've spent a bunch of time talking about are coming together in this session as we dive into that wonderful and odd subgenre of cinema, the sports flick. If you've watched any number of sports-themed movies, it won't take long to realize that of all the fine actors to partake in them, that one name and one everyman face seems to keep popping up. So we're finally giving this actor his due and crowning him king of the sports flicks in this episode 66. All hail King Costner! My name is Todd, and with me as always is a man who is capable of destroying an entire rack of ribs and several steaks as an appetizer before moving on to a horse trough full of pulled pork. He is the cash wheeler to my Dax Harwood. Don't think because we're Matt-based that we can't do all the flips and the high spots that everyone else... Oh, oh, who are we kidding? We totally can't do that crap anymore. I give you... The man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Uh, before we get too far into the show, sir, can you name the tag team? Uh, yes, I believe I can. Uh, ah. They are called FTR, and they are out of the AEW uh, Wrestling League company. Now, can you... Uh, promotion, I believe, would be the one that uh, Jim Cornette would like <laughs> to use. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Jim's going to be coming for you in your sleep if you if you say league. He would he would have a serious problem with that. I think. Now, I think uh, so too. Does does your wrestling wrestling knowledge co- cover what their WWE gimmick tag name was? Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, they were known as the Revival. You know what? You get double points. You get double internet points. Ding for this. ding. Oh, well, I was ho- I, I, I couldn't tell if I was going to pull that one over on you because it's an AEW thing, but your wrestling knowledge knows no bounds. Do you know why I remember that, though? Because those those guys reintroduced the idea of cutting the ring in half. Like, like they, they were called the Revival because they were bringing old school tag wrestling back, and they did it very well in NXT. 
Uh, unfortunately, uh, when they were promoted the main roster, you know, once Vince gets his hands on the clay, it usually uh, ends up, you know, all over the place. So um, <laughs> because Vince hates tag team wrestling, <laughs> but it there is, is good no to s- other explanation for it. No, none, there isn't. none, because at this point, it's not a bug. It's a feature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't F up this many tag teams without it just being like, OK, Vince, you just hate it. Just admit it. Draw me money. Work with it then. And then, you know, and then to see them go to AEW and and not that I watch a lot of that programming, but from the little bit I've seen, I'm just looking at these two like they are like Telly Blanchard and Arn Anderson 2.0. I mean, they are just. Uh, you know, not not that they're ripping off their gimmicks, but they just have that vibe about them. You know, well, like, like and just it that. doesn't hurt that Tully manages them now, right? Well, that too, but but the <laughs> fact that that they just have, you know, they're they're not the biggest guys, but when they get in the ring, I mean, they're just brutal, and they just they have a style that's just really fun to watch. And as as the bad guys, as the heels, I mean, they just they they, they bring the attitude, so it's. It's fun. I I I've, I enjoy acts like that, and I, I really wish that uh, when they were in WWE, they'd been given uh, a better run than than what they were given. But seems like they're doing pretty good for themselves in AEW. Well, that's good at least. They've got that going for them, Indeed. which is nice. Well, sir, let's uh, you know, let's get right into this thing. I, I'm excited about today's show, but I am I'm inordinately excited about the Weekend Geek, mostly because I had zero prep work involved. So I'm always excited for this segment. <laughs> well, like, I thought I you were going to say mostly because you're excited because one of the topics is you being able to rail on me about a you know well, minor that, faux pas, but that too. I normally don't give these too much of a look, but we did have a little discussion on one of them. Good so, Lord. let's dive into the Weekend Geek, sir. Week in the Geek. I feel so funky. Yes, indeed. Well, starting it off, hitting off, hit, hitting off, hitting lead off. Um, now batting, 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 batting. Uh, which ties in nicely to our subject matter later. But anyways, yeah. uh, leading off here is a really minor story, kind of a curiosity of sorts. Wanted to get your thoughts on this, uh, okay. mainly because this is only happening in one region of the world. And it seems to be the furthest thing that I would expect to see on the channel that we lovingly call Disney Plus. Plus. But in the UK, apparently in Disney Plus, mm-hmm. uh, starting July second, fans all over the world—well, all over the world. Sorry, in the UK, <laughs> will will be able to. Wait a minute! Watch. That, that whole British Empire thing used to be all over the world. It ain't no more. No, it's not. No, it's not. But they they will be able to uh, watch The Walking Dead on Say Disney Plus. What? Yes. <laughs> what? The, yes. The, the AMC uh, hit show that features blood, guts, and all sorts of violence, including a, bat, a barbed wire rap bat-wielding Negan, apparently is going to be on a Disney plus in the UK. So uh, buckle your seatbelts uh, <laughs> and probably will not want the kids to be in front of the TV for that one, but... Now, this brings oh. up a lot of possibilities because maybe what they're trying to do is eventually they're going to spin it off into their own thing and it's going to be like the walking Donald and it'll be oh. Donald Duck versus zombies. <laughs> oh, good Lord. And you know what? I'm there for that. All like right. All kinds of like Disney properties are like dead and they're all fighting and stuff like that could actually be I'm you know what? I'd be all about zombie Disney. Like if that was what happened in, you know, in the Magic Kingdom on 
see now here's a million dollar and I'm just going to give this out on the freaking podcast but you know what Disney is not listening to us I know this because we haven't been sued yet so the but if like Disney World and Disneyland of course they're going to be on, open on you know kid friendly on Halloween and all that but mm-hmm. what if at like midnight everything changed like all the kiddies out in the park, you have to be 18 plus or 16 plus to be in Disney Disney World at that point, mm. and everything is like zombie, mm. like all like zombie Mickey and all this stuff, and oh, the possibilities are endless, dude. It could be great. Uncle Todd always with the ideas. Yep, never it would, it'll never pay off, but you know. <laughs> hey, you know. It's an idea. It's, hey, that it's, is the weirdest thing. Like now, now, does it? Do you have any information about how this works? Because Disney doesn't own AMC, right? No. All it says is that uh, from July second, fans will be able to watch all ten previous seasons of the show on Disney Plus's Star Service, whatever that is, with the upcoming eleventh season premiering uh, on August twenty third. So I don't okay. know if there's just some kind of weird deal that has gone on between Disney and AMC. I, I it's really kind of a puzzle and the article really doesn't address it. It just says that they are um they are going to be airing it. So Well, so th- that's that ties into that thing that I think we might have talked about this before. It might have just been something I read. It all blurs together. Mm-hmm. Uh because Disney is going to now have their more adult oriented content on either a segment of Disney Plus that is or Disney Plus that is called Disney Star or maybe it's a separate app or whatever but it will be eight it'll be somewhat age restricted so you can have ah. I'm guessing stuff like the Deadpool movies you can have stuff that's a little bit you know you don't want the kids watching it well it does it. say Disney Plus's Star Service so th- yeah so maybe they're rolling it out something that you oops oh boy oh boy whoopsie sorry minor minor uh, attack we got a piper down Piper down! <laughs> it's more like Tim stepped on the wire and the microphone went flying. Which ties in because Scotland is part of the UK, I believe. So anyways, <laughs> uh, just desperately trying to prove my relevance. But that is that is just such a weird thing on its face. That Yeah, Walking Dead and Disney Plus. And it okay. doesn't say that they're editing the episodes, which means like when people well, watch yeah, the, that, the And that would be the gimmick episode. for Disney Star is because that's supposed to be like the kids can't watch it. That's for that's for adults. But it's yeah. the stuff that now Disney owns through like 20th Century Fox and their other 8 billion acquisitions that they can right. then put in this area. Right. And... I mean, I don't mean to make it all about like the character Negan, but th- his introduction is especially violent, gory, and brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, of course, lots of violence and gore in the preceding seasons, so that that's just surprising to me. But but it does kind of line up, I guess, as you have read. If if this star service is meant to be a little bit more, you know, more mature content for uh, for adults, uh, <laughs> without saying anything, Disney Plus is having adult content. Um, <laughs> Again, I, I mean, it I guess still this will make sense. Weird, so, yeah, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that Disney to After s- Dark. <laughs> to say, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I'm. No, who, who would that be? Who would that? Who would be a good host for Disney After Dark? My gosh, this Cash is Cash Wheeler question. and Dax Hardwood. <laughs> oh no, that'd be a good question because I mean, who's who's now part of like actually you, the perfect one would be, and it's it's under. Disney license now would be Deadpool. Mm-hmm. That would be the most bat spit insane like show that you could have. Just a like all the possibilities would be available. Oh my gosh, that would be lovely. Mm. Anyways, all right. Well, wow, zombies, 
and Disney. The okay, sure, why not? Who would have thunk it? Uh, I wouldn't have. <laughs> moving right along, uh, interesting little Easter egg uh, that has been mentioned uh, with an with an MCU or a Marvel tie-in that I did mm. not realize was a tie-in. Okay. Uh, so from uh, this is from Inverse uh, Inverse Com Inverse dot com Inverse dot com. Uh, they're reporting that there is a, a TikToker out there who pointed out that in Avengers Age of Ultron, so yes, we're, we're going deep geek on this one, folks, mm-hmm. there is an Easter egg uh, where in a scene where Tony Stark is frantically looking for a backup AI interface to replace Jarvis, he rifles mm-hmm. through a drawer and you see multiple chips and one of the chips is labeled Tadashi. And what this person is connecting to is that Tadashi was a name used for Tadashi Hamada from the movie Big Hero 6. Did yeah. You, have you seen that, sir? Yeah. And apparently, I didn't realize this. This was the interesting part for me is Big Hero 6, even though it was that that animated movie that, you know, very much a kid kind of movie with, with a great story around it, was based on Marvel content. I thought it was because I, I, my synapses are a little slow as I get on in years. But yeah, that's I. Wow, that's really cool. So I thought that was kind of that, that was really interesting because in the past, you know, having watched that show with my sons uh, or the, the movie with my sons um, when they were younger and thinking of it as just kind of that sort of kid move. I, I mean, it's a kid movie with with an adult theme to it, you know, dealing mm. with death as uh, you know some some of the some of the animated stories or Disney stories tend to be, but uh, you, you know just never realizing that that character was a or, or that you know that whole concept was really based on Marvel comics, and this this whole, the whole point of this is they're just bringing up the fact that could this be a a link out to that as as a way of kind of tying it in. You know, where or could they be bringing you know Big Hero Six in in the future for for Marvel? Not maybe not Phase Four, but if there are phases beyond Phase Four. So anyway, so I just thought that was kind of an interesting Easter egg to mention, and just a little tidbit I learned that I had not been aware of before. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, it would make somewhat sense in a in a multiverse sort of way. I don't think it's gonna. I don't necessarily see it as a way of tying stuff in. I see it as like as somebody's way of like, hey, this will be really cool to see if people notice this because everyone always takes all these Easter eggs that they throw in and think, oh my gosh, they're now going to do blah blah, blah and they don't. It's just like, hey, right. we're just trying to reference stuff in the comics and get people exactly. to say it's cool not oh my gosh they're now going to do a live action big hero 6 movie no they're probably not but it is cool because it, it, it is a possibility because where we know we're heading towards a, a a world where there are multiverses of marvel all of big hero 6 takes place in an alternate timeline of you know earth where i think it was a uh, japan rebuilds san francisco after mm-hmm. The San Fran- after the San Francisco earthquake, mm-hmm. so yeah, sure. I mean, if you, that's an alternate, an alternate Earth somewhere, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really cool, and and that actually reminds me, I go back and watch that flick because that that is an underrated, uh, you know, animated move. What the heck was that? That was me. Sorry. 
Okay, were you shaving? I, I, I was mo- <laughs> I was moving my mic and it started buzzing for some reason. Oh, okay. So. I thought you were I thought you were getting a shave in. I'm while having you're here, all like, sorts of mic problems over here. Mics are flying off the stands. I'm having to readjust, you know, and it's just shave uh, your shave your legs in your pits some other time. All right, it's not time right now. Focus on the show. I know right. you like to multitask. I will. But Big Hero Six is, a, is an underrated flick. I think oh, it, it yeah. kind of gets lost in the shuffle. It's really well done, mm-hmm. and man, yeah, no, I, 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 I really enjoyed that flick. Now I'm gonna have to watch it sometime this week. Which mm-hmm. Should be good. Mm-hmm. Nice. And finally, uh, or, or last <laughs> bit of news before we get into some uh, show business, uh, if or, or some some free range idiocy no business. No business like show business. Oh, there we no go. Business I know. I, anytime I can dig out the Ethel Merman impersonation. I was going to say, geez, Louise, man. Anytime I can do that, I will. Because it's horrible. All of my impressions are really bad. Oh. But, man, I love them. I love them all. But um, you, were, you were saying, sir, before I so I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to somehow link this over into the, the, the Peacock's BSG show that's never going to happen. But uh, apparently uh, Disney has, uh, I think, pulled the plug on the Rangers of the New Republic series. It is no longer in active development. Man. This should not have surprised us given uh, recent events of certain cast members who were let go. (laughs) Well, so now the interesting thing about that is, so when they they submitted, because someone had had pointed this out, when they submitted the the Mandalorian Season 2 for... Uh, consideration for I think it's Emmys or whatever one of the awards shows they submitted Gina Carano as you know for you know best supporting actress Hmm. and like they didn't necessarily have to do that so maybe it's kind of like leaving the door open Mm -hmm. so maybe there is a bit of like all right we'll shelve this project for now because we're, I mean, I, I'm guessing there's still it's going to be a gap before we get Mando season three, just by virtue yeah. of, you know, development and everything else with you know Corona kind of settling down and stuff. But maybe they're kind of hoping, like, okay, maybe we can get everything under control. Because I mean, they they invested a ton in that character, and it is they, it is a shame. I am very upset about space chips not happening. But I know you you were looking forward to space chips. You were looking forward to that theme song. Uh, if we can cue it up and have it playing in the background while while we're talking about more this. than likely it already is. I figured <laughs> as much. Um, <laughs> but Lucasfilm has confirmed that the Cara Dune character will not be recast, and I think because of that, they were going to build it around her as the star. So yeah. uh, this has now thrown a wrench. Um, however, where one door is closed, another is opening, mm-hmm. and there have been rumors. Rumors. Ah, uh, yes. Good old rumors. The good old R word, yes. That uh, this may open the door for uh, Filoni and Favreau to bring in a series that may or may not be centered on one Luke Skywalker. Mm. Meh. Sebastian Stan, uh, once again, his name floating out there as the man take over from the man <laughs> the thing is like it's not like it's you know I, it's not like i'm i'm totally down on the idea i'm just really kind of enjoying the the star wars that doesn't have to focus on skywalker mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 
I'm, I'm really enjoying other aspects of the universe. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily, I mean, yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah, I'll watch it, of course. I'll probably watch it two, three times. Who am I kidding? But I'm, I'm, you know, I don't need it. I kind of would have actually, I would have honestly rather have seen space chips. I, and I'm, I'm going to keep on plugging up this idea. You don't even need Cara Dune in this. It could, again, you're shaving. <laughs> I'm here working and you're there, getting your left pit tidied up for crying out loud. You think you're indispensable to this show, sir. I can have Jimmy Dice and Jason Ward on the phone like that. Actually, no, I can't. Who am I kidding? They've got better things to do. <laughs> oh, as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, here we go. But anyway, like, you don't even need cartoon. Like, seriously, like, it could be this kind of weird offbeat comedy. Like, and that's what it could. I like, I would love to see, like, I, I say space chips jokingly, but kind of not. Like, I would love to see something that, that is just absolutely, like, slapstick, goofy, and stupid in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like, that's, that's intentionally that way and not just unintentionally that way, you know? So I'm all for that, but, you know, hey, who knows? So I guess I'm 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 upset, yet hopeful, yet apathetic. I know, and and I I agree with you. I think one of the things Mandalorian kind of showed, and and, and you just hit on this was the that that there is a market out there for viewers to want to, and and this was something I clamored for a long time. I don't want to say clamored for, but. If they were going to bring, a I mean, TV it was series, it was a one man clamor. I mean, it's you know, well, not- you know, I, I I was I was very much on board with this, uh, but focusing on characters like. Don't you know what red flashing lights mean, huh? That your pants are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you ladies aren't doing anything to help yourselves. Bounty hunters and what their experiences and and just kind of. Um, I mean, the way I'm saying it doesn't sound terribly exciting, but but like what they've done with the Mandalorian and kind of focusing in on a character who would have been a side character in the movies mm-hmm. and just exploring the universe through his perspective, through his, you know, through the challenges that he has to face and, and through the overarching story of what he's trying to accomplish is just very interesting. And I agree with you. I think having, you know, I know we jokingly call it spaceships, but I mean, having a view into what you know, a patrol would be doing kind of out there and, and what role they might play. Because Star Wars is a story about the little guy, if you will, or or the, the unseen or unsung heroes rising to the occasion and and making a difference that impacts the universe writ large. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so having that sort of view, I think, would have been very interesting. Now, on the other hand, I'm wondering if because of the reaction of seeing an in his prime Skywalker uh, appear at the end of Mando and knowing that there is material out there from the Zahn novels around Skywalker and Mara Jade and tying that into Thrawn, which is clearly a direction they are going in with the Ahsoka series. Because one of the things they're mentioning is like, apparently Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka were going to run in tandem and they were going to interconnect. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they're looking for another property if you will to kind of run in parallel with it to have that sort of interconnectedness and jumping across in terms of impacting story from one show to the other yeah that could make a lot of sense so 
I, I don't know. I didn't, I, I I didn't agree not know you. that. I agree with you. Skywalker, uh, it'd be nice to do something without it uh, or him. But at, at the same time, I think uh, there there is some 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 story that could be told that could be compelling. Do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't realize that that was the plan with Rangers and Ahsoka. I didn't realize that was that was how that was going to work. So that would make a lot of sense that they would then want to develop something else. But they have to develop it awfully quick because it would seem to me that like they're already down the road on the Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you if all you're looking for is the beats to bounce off of the other show, maybe you can kind of use that to develop the other show much quicker because then you're like okay we know that bing bang boom has to happen so all right we just need to build around that but man yeah you'd have to get the tone just right Mm -hmm. you really would Mm -hmm. you really would because otherwise it's yeah it'll be difficult let's just put it that way i still think uh even though rangers has halted i still think it'll have more success in bsg on peacock Oh yeah, we'll, we will see Rangers of the New Republic before we see the the new BSG on on Peacock, the new PBSG. No, nah, hey, I've said before, I'm happy. Keep on, keep that sucker in development hell forever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And speaking of Star Wars, ah, uh, so. <laughs> oh yeah, we're still on the show. Well, no, I, I I was looking at our notes and I'm like, oh, were you, we're on, were you popping pimples? What were you? What we're, were you up we're to on, this time? We're on this topic. Tim's this topic. Tim's actually like checking the stock market during the show. Oh wait, Dogecoin is up again. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> Can I, I just get, tell you, my I wife get me is, an NFT. My wife is on the Dogecoin like train, and she it, when it was like fluctuating wildly. Oh my gosh, she was like, I I I've never seen her this this excited about like investments ever. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. And she was all excited. Now it's down around thirty cents again. She's like, man, whatever. But when it was like it was bouncing up around forty to fifty to sixty, and then did you, did you buy some. Oh, she's bought some. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's okay. This is you know we're we're heavily invested in Dogecoin. I mean, as ah. heavily invested, I guess, as you can be in a fake currency. But <laughs> I don't know. She's excited about it, but it's just it's just funny that I pulled that one out. And mm-hmm. <sighs> but so, anyway, speaking of Star Wars, so we 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 have a a uh, an issue to discuss a a faux pas a mishap of, of protocol if you will mm-hmm. and uh i i have my my son and my sister-in-law to thank for for holding me to account for oh, speaking uh, of which hey heather how you doing yes my sister-in-law heather we, we i i appreciate her uh, holding me to account keeping me accountable uh in terms of uh my practices and uh ways of going about watching star wars content <laughs> It apparently had been revealed uh, not too long ago um, by my youngest son that uh, we were watching The Bad Batch, and for those who are unaware, uh, The Bad Batch is a, in many ways an extension of the Clone Wars series. I mm-hmm. have not uh, seen the Clone Wars series from beginning to end. I have watched some of it. But not all of it. And uh, my my son even called me out on it. He's like, Dad, I don't know that you should watch The Bad Batch until you see Clone Wars. Otherwise, it won't make sense. And I said, son, 
Hogwash. Let us watch and drink from the goblet of Disney and Star Wars. And we've started and to your watch. your son immediately thought, my God, he's old. <laughs> Damn you, old man. Is that how they used to talk in the 90s? Sort of. <laughs> the ancient times, as the kids call them now. <laughs> Back in the dark times. Yeah. Back in the <laughs> dial-up era. <laughs> oh yes when the internet was aol and that was it <laughs> oh let me tell you ain't ain't nothing worse than when you finally realize like oh crap the music that my parents used to hate that was all edgy and raw and rebellious is now classic rock mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh yes. oh, oh yes. you kids listen out there it's gonna happen to you someday too let me tell you <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. so uh i was called out on uh I, you know, just on the fact that I really shouldn't be watching The Bad Batch. I should go back. I should watch Clone Wars from beginning to end uh, and and then watch it because that will be a more complete, a more informed and contextual sort of experience. And uh, it, it was it was quite a, a verbal lashing I received. So I just <laughs> I just thought I would. Uh, bring the issue to to the uh, to, to the range here, and uh, and and ask Uncle Todd his thoughts as well. Was was I in the wrong? Was I faux pasing uh, by watching the Bad Batch prior to seeing the Clone War series in its entirety? For shame, sir! Oh, geez. for shame! Oh, he, here we go. Shame. Somewhere, shame. somewhere, <laughs> Jimmy Dice has felt a disturbance in the in the Force. He's 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 actually spilled whatever martini he's partaking in right now, whatever fancy drink he has, and he is cussing at you right now because he knows he knows is these he giving, things. Is, is is he giving me an iron sheik? No, right now he's he's pulling up his Sith hood, and he's 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 he's, uh, he's plotting against you. Oh, good lord! Do it. All right, that's it. Dishonor. Dishonor on your whole family. Make a note of this. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Now, that being said, I ain't watched Clone Wars all the way through either. So, But my my daughter has, and she's probably watched it through twice now. So if there's any any questions I have, I just pause it and I'm like, all right, holler at me. What do we got? What's going on here? (laughs) Educate me, daughter, please. However, I will say this: like it, it, they did a real good job in this in this series of being able to give you all the information you really kind of need, and then it being separate enough that if you know overall Star Wars lore, you mm-hmm. kind of get it, mm-hmm. and it's not necessary for you to have seen every single moment of the Clone Wars. Uh, for instance, when they when the first episode dropped, and they kind of did the the Clone Wars intro, which it was like an old newsreel kind of thing right. that they did for every episode of the Clone Wars, like, on this planet now, and blah, 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 and I was like, oh my gosh, if this is going to happen in every episode of this show, I might not watch it, because that was one of the things <laughs> I disliked most about what, the, what shows of the Clone Wars I had seen. Like, that yeah. dude just aggravated me, just rankled me, if you will, and then it was sort of like the bridge into it, and then they don't do it the rest of the time. It hasn't happened any of the other episodes. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of a nice little, hey, let's carry this over, and then let's get rid of it, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they've, they've done a, a good enough job in terms of world building, and there's enough Star Wars information out there that you don't need to have seen everything. 
Now, I know that I'm missing probably little bits and bobs that are like references, but th- that's what my kid's there for. It's like, hey, I feed you and I keep a, I keep, I give you shelter. The least you can do is is fill a brother in on what's happening with a, with the a little <laughs> Easter eggs and all the little references. And she does a wonderful job at that. So nice. thank goodness nice. that she's there to help me with that. All comes However, back to the kids. All comes back for, to the kids. For you, sir, as someone who, who prides himself on completeness I, and on the research for shame. <laughs> shame. Oh, good Lord. You're supposed to be the responsible one. Oh, I know. I know. I need to stand here in my wrongness and get used to it. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> Yes. If you weren't already sitting in the corner while you're recording this, you're I wrong. Would send you there. <laughs> but you're already in the corner. I'm not sure what we're gonna do now. So, oh brother, that's no steak for you this week. That's what we're gonna do. No steak. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> what well, am I gonna do? Like, yeah, well, sausage and pulled pork it is. All right. <laughs> I'll go to one of the other, uh, you know, of the six meat groups. So. <laughs> I, I know 18 different ways to make kielbasa off the top of my head without even looking at any recipes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we have that cleared up. I will. Uh, I, I, I have uh, some some viewing time during my lunch hour. Uh, so I, I think I will try to uh, hack my way through the Everest that is Clone Wars. 25 episodes per season, people. That is a lot. And I actually didn't realize that Bad Batch was going to be 16 episodes. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, that's that's a hefty amount right there. I was like, all right, cool. But I mean, I, not not that it's a bad thing. I'm glad for it. But wow, I was, I was expecting eight. I really was. I got some but, work ahead of me. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right. Now that I've had my lashing on the show, finally... Our final yes. point. Are we still in the week in geek? I think we are. Uh, yes, we are still in the week. My gosh, you're barely paying attention to the show. What are you doing over there? Well, I, you know, I'm bringing the knowledge, and then I had to take my my verbal lashing. So I'm I'm my just goodness. I'm kind of recovering from this now. It's it's very you know. It is. It's like doing a show with Grandpa Simpson. What <laughs> segment are we in now? <laughs> what day of the week is it? Why is there poop in my pants? You know, <laughs> good lord, what's happening right now? <laughs> I'm the one steering the show. We are all screwed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Cats and dogs living together. Oh, it's the end anarchy. Times. I it's say the anarchy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, uh, I think what we're not we're barely even a half hour into this mother, and it's already gone way <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> We haven't even gotten to the main topic, and we're already in the ditch somewhere. Well, finally, uh, I, I I have to report uh, after you know there's a period of time we were, we were reporting on this, and then uh, as things were kind of normalizing out, we moved away from it. But uh, we have a reset to the number of days since Tim's been in the hospital. Um, oh, jeez! Uh, we made it to 302 days, which is a respectable number. Uh, somewhere I told in the you range. to keep your fingers away from the sausage grinder, <laughs> but would you listen to me? Nope. I want to get it all through. You just poke it. Ah! <laughs> I had to. Uh, I so had to make a. going stumpy. <laughs> I had to make a short visit to the ER as my my heart decided to uh, not run at the normal rate. <laughs> so, so we wanted f- to get ahead of that flutter, one. A flutter, I believe, is how you phrased it. Uh, indeed, indeed. So. Um, 
I, I am doing fine, though. I am I am well and have been. Well, fine that's good. That then. is the most important thing. All so. joking aside, it is most important that you are you are doing well. However, I also want to make sure that everybody knows this happened on like a Thursday, so there's no way that recording of this show tripped that. So I know everybody's <laughs> thinking that they're like, finally, finally, Todd drove him over the edge. He finally pushed him into unhealth again. No, it wasn't me. It was not me. It was not. He he has no culpability in this whatsoever. Uh, this was uh, actually we're not entirely sure why this happened, so we're still trying to sort that out. <laughs> well, all, it might have been that might have been that kielbasa milkshake that you were drinking at the time. I don't all know. I know is today we went out for breakfast uh, as we are as we're now fully vaccinated, and we uh, went out for the first time. And uh, I ordered a a breakfast dish that had bacon in it, and then I ordered a side of sausage because I needed my protein. <laughs> so. Which is the weirdest thing, okay? So, like, when you, when my, when my father had had his first heart issue, and he went to the hospital, and then there were like the the menu options. You're thinking like, oh, meats off the off the menu. One of the one of his menu options was like a hamburger. Like they weren't going to have you know cheese or anything like that, but he got to have right. a hamburger. I'm like, right. isn't this kind of what got him into this problem in the first place? <laughs> But apparently not, and this is why you don't want me as your doctor or your nutritionist, for that matter. Just yes. cover all the bases. Now, when you're when you're on a, I, I'm not quite on a keto diet, but I'm on a very like low carb to no carb diet. So um, mm-hmm. all the meats and fats are are well within the norm. Okay, so, so now uh, how many? What was the final count on the days? Uh, so it's about three hundred and two. Uh, okay, by my count, three hundred and two days uh, since the last episode. Uh, and that was a couple, about a week and a half ago. So we're talking about uh, roughly about ten days since uh, since the last episode. So we're okay. We're up and to it, ten. And as we said in the pre uh, the pre show here, it, not exactly a Hogan esque run, but pretty much around demolition time. Indeed, so you got Indeed. that going for you. Yes. Yes. And what I what I think is going to be exciting now is that you've said now you have to get to go you get to go in and do like the stress test and all that stuff. So you got to get on the treadmill. I'm imagining and. Uh huh. Here's the thing I want I want you to do. Yes. I want you to make sure that you request Hearts on Fire to be playing okay. while you're on the treadmill so you can kind of do the Ivan Drago montage. And I want you to get some footage of that for the show. So, we can so when on, it like, gets Instagram. to that really intense part of the stress test, I can then pretend to be like uh, Rocky running up the yes. mountain. And, I, I, and then as it's, when it gets it's done. Drago! Right. When it gets done, be like, Drago! There we go. <laughs> I and got then it. you fall over from like, <laughs> like all the oxygen has left your body. Drago! Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Is he okay? I think he just, I think he just hyperventilated. I don't think he had a heart attack, so we're good. Should we pick him up? No, nah, let him sleep. <laughs> I'll let him rest. <laughs> let, him let, rest. let him rest. He's tired. He looks so cute over there in the corner, crumpled up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that it? Is that a slab of bacon that just fell out of his pocket? <laughs> he must have been having this. He was gonna have a snack after he got off the <laughs> treadmill. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's oh well. I, so now does that is that finally uh, bring us up to date on the Weekend Geek? Because that was about the longest one we've ever had. That, my friends, is the Weekend Geek. That's like the month in Geek right there. <laughs> I told you it would go long. You know, but I'm okay with that because I there's 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 something to be said for our main topic. But however, it's it's also it kind of speaks for itself because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is no contest the who the king of the sports flick is. It is Kevin Costner, 
hands down. There are there's I cannot come up with another compelling argument, really. The only one I can maybe come up with? No, actually I can't because nobody has been in this many sports-themed movies. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the bits of trivia uh, here is that Kevin Costner has done more baseball movies than any other actor except Dennis Haysbert, who played Serrano in all three major league movies and was in Mr. Baseball. And that still isn't enough. <laughs> you know, help me now. you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. Oh, so, Kevin, you better be thanking Joe Boo. You're at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what we did is we kind of wanted to go through just, uh, of course, in, in celebration. We, uh, uh, As we say, uh, you know, we celebrate the entire catalog of Kevin Costner, but we also wanted to give an idea of what our top five Kevin Costner sports flicks are. However, in a, with a man with a filmography like this, and if we look at Kevin Costner's filmography, he has... Let me pull this up. I should have been more prepared. He has 63 credits as an actor. So a bit to choose from. Uh, He's directed three movies, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, A little bit of a... (laughs) Three more than I've directed. (laughs) Bit of a mixed bag in the ones he's directed. But then again, there's a bit of a mixed bag in terms of the ones he's been in as well. But... uh, (laughs) But we celebrate his entire catalog, but we, we of course, wanted to bring it down to our top five Costner sports flicks. But I just wanted to kind of give you an idea of of the pool of which we are choosing from. Now, we're going to go in reverse chronological order, just because that's how I have them (laughs) listed out, and I'm lazy and I don't want to go from the other direction. So, starting... With 2014's draft day, which of course represents football, that's when he is the 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 GM of the hapless Cleveland Browns, uh, Sonny Weaver Jr., I believe is his character's name. Uh, and then before that, we had For Love of the Game, which was a 1999 movie uh, uh, where he plays uh, Billy Chapel, aging Detroit Tigers pitcher, and that of course represents baseball. Uh, then we get into we'll see, it might be a little argument on this one, but The Postman, 1997's The Postman, which huh? represents horseback riding. Uh, that's when he's <laughs> he's carrying all the mail around. And you know what? <laughs> Good Actually, Lord. another bit of Costner trivia: he is an accomplished equestrian, so he did all of his own riding in that movie. So you kind of got to count that. I mean, the oh, dude rode did, rode the horse the whole time himself. I was on a horse once, and I got tossed off. And I don't mean like like shrugged <laughs> off like the horse is like, yeah, you're oh. done. No, I got bucked off like a bucking freaking bronco. Like <laughs> the horse's butt came up, and I was ejected over the head. I was <laughs> launched, okay? So I have a, a, immense respect for anybody who's, who can stay on a horse for more than a half hour, okay? So that one's counting. Then, of course, we have 1996 Tin Cup, which, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Roy McAvoy, a fine striker of the ball that uh, represents golf. Uh, then we have 1995's Waterworld, which, of course, <laughs> represents sailing and swimming. They're Olympic sports. They're Olympic sports, Tim. I don't make these rules. Go argue with the Olympic Commission. Uh, then, of course, we have uh, 1994's Wyatt Earp, which, of course, <laughs> re- shooting, again, it's in it's in the Olympics, biathlon. Of course, there was no skiing in this, but there was horse riding and shooting, so ah, I'm going to count it. Um, then, of course, we have 1991's Robin Hood, uh, which uh, archery, I mean, come on. <laughs> archery, ladies and gentlemen, oh, that's a sport. Lord. 
These last so, three, you've been reaching you know like oh. you go out and try. You get a bow and arrow and go and try and hit a target. You come back and tell me that's not a sport, okay? Uh, then of you know course you should also night- do archery and then accents because I think he had like a Brooklyn accent going on as the English Robin Hood. <laughs> oh no, it was the worst. It was the worst English accent ever, and that includes like every person who I know, including myself, who tries to do a British accent, and every single Brit's just like, "Would you please just never ever do?" that again ever mm-hmm. ever but they're all so polite that they rarely say anything uh unless they're a soccer hooligan in which case they just you know gut you with a broken you know newcastle bottle anyways uh so then that brings us to 1989's field of dreams uh which of course is baseball and then uh the the kind of the granddaddy of them all for for mr costner 1988's baseball classic bull durham so mm. there is our pool of movies from which to choose. So let's go through our top five here, because I mean, look, just look at the sheer bulk of movies here. Now, of course, some of these are you know somewhat joking, but I mean, man, I was going to say this- when we say bulk, it seems like we're padding that number a bit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, padding stats is pretty much all about sports, anyways. I mean, geez, how many how many great scorers would have been great scorers if they didn't pile up all those you know just rack up scores on like the the New Jersey Nets back in the day. You remember that back in the day when you when you get the poster and that was the thing like oh that dude just posterize them and you'd see like your favorite basketball stars and they're all dunking and like you know shooting over someone's outstretched hands. I remember I had one poster for like the Celtics and every single photo was against the Nets because they were that help hapless that it was just like everybody was doing well <laughs> against the Nets. Everybody had a great pose in the Nets. You know that was it was just easy to find those photos. That was post Dr. J, <laughs> pre uh, whatever the heck is going on, pre Brooklyn move really, actually pre Jason Kidd because they got they got all right there for a little while. But yeah, between those two points, not a whole lot going on for the Nets. Anyways, that was a bit mm-hmm. of a tra- uh, rabbit trail. But hey, welcome back. So. Uh, let's go through our top fives here. We'll kind of go, uh, you know, we'll we'll switch back and forth the numbers here, and we'll see where we land. Are we going to go five to one or one to five? Five to one, sir. So we'll, we will count up. All right. Did you want to go first? I shall let you go go first, sir. In 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 my you know demonstration of sportsmanship. Very nice. Well, uh, at number five, uh, I decided to uh, go with Draft Day, uh, primarily. For me, I say. Primarily because I haven't seen it, so uh, what? I haven't seen it. I read the description of it; sounded interesting, and uh, it seemed a bit more in the sports whoa, whoa, realm. Whoa, 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 whoa! You haven't the- seen Draft Day? No, I haven't. All right, we can't be friends anymore. I'm sorry. Let's oh, just cut this right now. We're done. Moses. We're done. <laughs> Let me talk to my imaginary producer. Can we? Is it too late to get Jimmy Dice for this? I gotta episode? talk to my agent. <laughs> I can't work under these conditions. All right. So yeah. So draft. What about draft day? I'm surprised you didn't take like you know Waterworld instead because you know I know you've seen that one. I couldn't give them the distinction of actually being in the sport movie realm. So. <laughs> Dude, dude was quite a swimmer in there, if you remember. I, I, I bet he was. I also I mean, remember it was gills, not that great of a movie. So, well, I mean, <laughs> you think? Ah, uh, but but no, but but I I, I read the synopsis. I I, I thought it was uh, an interesting take, and you know, especially with him being past the the playing age and and being more of a. Uh, GM type um, just thought it was mm. a, an interesting concept for 
for a story. So I, I decided to go with this at number five. I don't have a whole lot to say about it because, as I mentioned, I haven't seen it. But the I, I felt the premise was was solid and, and like the idea of, uh, you know, I did read all the way through. Um, so I, I have an idea of how the story plays out. I don't remember much of it because uh, I read and then I forget. But um, but, yeah, upon viewing, I, I, I just remember uh, or sorry, upon reading about it, I. I remember thinking they, they took a very interesting kind of narrative twist in it as they went along. And um, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, just it just sounded very interesting and different. So I thought it was worthy of a number five more so than the archery inducing Robin Hood. So that is my number five and I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, fair enough. For me, at number five, I put Field of Dreams, and I know that this might be a little country. I know, I know. Our our lists are like inverted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about talking about draft day because I got plenty to say about that one. Uh, But Field of Dreams, it's I I like the movie. I do like the Mm -hmm. movie. James Earl Jones, fantastic in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Costner was good in it. Ray Liotta, of course, was was really good in it. A solid flick, but you know, it's never for whatever reason, it's never had that emotional pull on me for whatever reason. I don't know why. And I like it, but it's not one that I am going to quote or rewatch a lot. And for me, mm-hmm. like that's that's kind of the thing for sports flicks, as you'll kind of see as we go up this this list, is rewatchability. And for me, Field of Dreams, I've seen it a few times. It's a good movie. No doubt. I mean, it's it's one of the two movies that I think. Uh, I can't remember what. Uh, I think it's AFI or something like that. One of the one of the film, you know, institutes or whatever. It put like Dances with Wolves and Field of Dreams in their top one hundred film American films of all time. Hmm. Quite a distinction, you yeah. know, for someone to have two films and they're both they're both like they're not like one isn't ninety eight and the other one's eighty three. Like they're both in the top thirty. I believe. So that's no, I mean, it's a good flick. It's just not not rewatchable for me. And I don't know why. Maybe I just don't like the old timey baseball thing or whatever. But no, it's, yeah. James, it's, it's, James Earl Jones makes the movie more than anything for me. How about this? Peace, love, dope. Now get the hell out of here. Yeah, it's, it's a fair statement because I, as much as I uh, enjoy Field of Dreams, as you'll see in my list, I agree with you. It is not something I've watched multiple times. I've I've watched it once. I enjoyed this the the story, the emotion of the story, the examination of of the father son relationship, and uh, I and, and and you know really enjoy it on those fronts. But as you mm-hmm. said, it is not like must see viewing for me all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and really, it's been, I can't even tell you the last time when I watched it. You know, I mean, it's it's been that long. So, mm-hmm. um, so no, I I think you bring up some fair points. But I will I will discuss more as we move along. Right on. So what you got at number four? So my number four, this was tough. Number three and number four were were difficult because uh, I, I I enjoy both of these movies. But in number four, I, I had to slot in Tin Cup. Not to say it was bad. Um, it, it was just very difficult moving up the list to to kind of hone in on. Or, or to rank these because they all kind of have different characteristics about them that make them great. But Tin Cup for me is is just a it, it's a classic Costner movie for me. I, I almost liken it to Bull Durham in a lot of ways because of the character he plays being kind of a down on his luck or or just you know kind of viewed as a mediocre player 
who, uh, you know, just puts taking chances and, and puts, you know, kind of um, going for the moment over what the safe thing to do is. You know, like like that's kind of the, the theme throughout the movie is playing it safe versus taking the chance at greatness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, He's his own and, worst enemy. Exactly, exactly. And, and I love the fact that they play that in the movie the story plays it out you know plays out that way that he he truly is this flawed character who is his own worst enemy because he just can't you know he he can't avoid or 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 move away from or or stop himself from trying to make that moment you know i i think there's a line in the movie where he says you know you either let the moment define you or you define the moment Mm-hmm. And that is what his character is about. And and it all comes down to that last, you know, when they're doing the, I think it's like a three-way playoff at the end or something like that. And they're on like, I think they're on the final hole and and he ends up shooting a 12 on it because he, he's just, he continues to, instead of playing it safe and laying it up, he's trying to go for, for the shot because he knows he can make it. And he keeps going into the water hazard over and over and over again to the point where he's down to his last ball. Mm-hmm. And when he hits the ball, he, he finally makes the shot. And, you know, it's at that point that I, I forget, I, I don't know if it was Rene Russo's character or someone else, you know, says something to the effect of, you know, like no one, five years from now, no one's mm-hmm. going to remember who won the tournament. They're only going to remember watching you make, you know, shoot your 12, you know. and or, Yeah, or, or yeah it's it immortal. It's, it, yeah, it, it's like he, he didn't win the championship, but he he made this moment like uh this endearing mark that that everyone is going to remember and and the way it gets played up and and how he's kind of carried off is almost like a hero in spite of the fact that his nemesis because i think it was don johnson like don johnson's character wins the tournament right um or was it someone else i think he does actually i don't think don johnson's character wins because someone what ends up happening is it's uh don johnson's character and tin cup are in the f- are in a pairing, and then there's another guy who mm-hmm. it, who starts actually making a move on both of them, and oh, that's okay. the pressure where Don Johnson's character can't lay up if he wants to try to win, because mm-hmm. this other guy is already in the lead, so they need to go for the green, in this shot that that he, that Roy has missed like each day before that, going for it, and in order to try to even have a chance at winning, you have to take your chance, and. Sim and uh, Sims, Don Johnson's character, lays up, even though he he could try and go for the win, but he can't not play it safe. And mm-hmm. Roy takes his shot, but gets obsessed with this idea of like I can make it, yeah. I can make it, I can make it. And it's and you just see him like this just breakdown of him going over and over, and everyone's losing their mind. And it just comes that one moment where you know he goes and he's and Cheech is you know Romeo is going over and. You know, and he's like, I can make it, and he's like, you know, well, then stop screwing around and do it. Yeah, <laughs> and drops the ball. Yeah, and it's his yeah. last ball. Yeah. yeah, and he holds out on that. You know, which is it, it is. It's because his, his his nemesis doesn't even end up winning. Right. right. And and in fact, it, you know, shows his kind of cowardice mm. in that moment. So it's like a, it's like an over. It's it's kind of this weird triumph, even though he lost. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so so that's why I put it in number four. It's it, it 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 is a it is a fun movie. It is a it is a good story, great movie. 
but unfortunately not worthy of the number one or number two slot. I, I have it down in number four. Definitely a quality flick. Uh, so uh, so do check it out. Uh, sir, what is uh, your number four? Uh, my number four is For Love of the Game. And uh, mm-hmm. so this is, once again, uh, Kevin Costner's kind of the end of his baseball as a player movie. And, and he was actually really perfect for this because he could definitely pull off the I'm wicked old and shouldn't be playing anymore uh, vibe here. But he plays a 19-year veteran, Billy Chapel, who has started out as like, you know, the fireballing kid and, and has played with one team his entire career. And he kind of has this one game where he's trying to decide what he is going to do. Whether he's going to retire, whether he's going to, you know, move on, whether he's going to whatever, and I love how the, the the entire movie is framed because it's it's a series of flashbacks that then suck you back into the present and to the point where he is so distracted he doesn't realize that he's he's like pitching a perfect game, right? Which I just love, like it's the ultimate distraction, like you know, because in baseball there's all these weird sort of. Uh, uh, superstitious rituals about you know you, you don't talk to a player when they have a perfect game or no hitter or something like that and everyone sits away from the pitcher and all this and there it's just this weird it's like i think it's probably the most superstitious of all sports there is just so many weird little rituals that go on with it and he's so out of it and so like preoccupied he has no freaking idea <laughs> that by the way no one's reached base ever in this game, you know, and of course, John C. Riley playing the catcher is fan freaking tastic. I just love that. I mean, the whole thing is just is just really well cast, well played. Kelly Preston playing the love interest and all that. And mm-hmm. the thing that makes it, it makes it low on the prior on the kind of list for me, because I'm always like a sucker for like that, you know, the hero making the one last ride sort of thing. It's just not quite as quotable. Mm-hmm. And it's not as rewatchable as some of the other flicks. So that's the only reason it's down there. But otherwise, it's a solid movie. It is a yeah. really solid movie. Yeah. And I just, I, I really enjoy it. And I, I will rewatch it, but I do not rewatch it on the same level as some of the other flicks higher up on the list. Understood. And, you know, I, 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 I do get it. Uh, it is my number three, though. Ah, uh, uh, yes. I just I, noticed that. I, I put For Love of the Game in number three. And and that was hard because I I do enjoy Tin Cup a lot. Um, I, I believe I have watched Tin Cup multiple times, although it's been quite a while since I've, I've, I've sat down to watch it. But For Love of the Game, I remember going to the theater to see this, and I really enjoyed the premise and the idea of an older ball player just kind of getting lost in his kind of regrets – Mm. as he's playing this game and not even realizing that he's throwing he's, a no-hitter in the process. Yeah, he's throwing he's throwing the game of his life. Yes. Yeah. And I just really like that. I I I you know, I grew up watching a lot of baseball with with my dad and I remember how special it was, um how rare it was to see a no-hitter thrown. Um mm-hmm. you know, even though there there have been some, you know, obviously since, you know, since the 80s when I was watching, but, um, but, but I just remember how big of a deal it was because, you know, my father, when, when he played baseball in high school and to, to some extent in college was a pitcher. And I, and I just remember like, that was just a special moment when, when you could see that regardless of who the team was that the person was playing for. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I, I, I think I have this right. I think it was Dave Rigetti of the New York Yankees was throwing a no hitter. 
and I remember even then he was, I mean, he, he is a Yankee fan, but I just remember overall just with the family watching and just like this was a special moment to see a guy throw a game where, where no one could hit, you know. And mm-hmm. and so just to kind of mix that in with this aging ball player who's kind of reassessing his priorities, even, you know, especially toward the end of his career where baseball is not going to be, you know, a factor in his life moving forward. And, and just kind of coming to that, you know, understanding of what's most important to him in the midst of, you know, playing this game and, and trying to see this no hitter through was just mm-hmm. such a such a, a cool concept. And, and, and I really enjoyed it. So so that that was just enough to nudge it above Tin Cup. Um, but but I got to say, honestly, between this one and Tin Cup, it, it was it was kind of like neck and neck for number three and number four. I wouldn't say either of them are in the number one or number two slot, um, but I, I think each of them have just an endearing quality with their story. And, and just, you know, I, I think Costner just plays, you know, not that Billy Chapel was down in his luck, but he, he's an aging ball player. So he, he's dealing yeah. with phys- physical issues. He's dealing with his body just not being what it once was and, and betraying him. And, and so it, it was just I, I really enjoyed it and thought it was a, I thought it was a well done movie. And I think it really is, it's interesting to me because it explores, you know, a lot of the other sports movies are, you know, it kind of is a generalized sort of thing. And there's some specifics mm-hmm. in there, but this really kind of gets into like this one of these really weird things where in sports, just odd things can happen, mm-hmm. you know, like the idea of a no hitter, you know, which, so a no hitter for anyone who does isn't aware, it, no hits. There it is. It's right in the title. Uh, so you have a no hitter where basically just nobody ever gets a hit, and then but then you also have a perfect game where there is not even a ball put into play, you know. And it's eighteen. You know, it's it, there. It, it's it, it says all these weird things that can happen, but you can also have this weirdness happen where the players that you expect to for these great things to happen aren't the ones that it that it happens to. It can be the weirdest thing. Like the everyone growing up, I mean, of course, being in Red Sox country here, everyone was waiting for Pedro Martinez to throw a no hitter. Like it just seemed preordained that this guy would throw a no hitter. He was one of the greatest pitchers ever. And if you watched him, it was just remarkable what he could do in his prime. Like prime Pedro was just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Never happened. Like I think he had, I think he had a, a no hitter, basically through like something like eight and two. Like he he hit a guy, so therefore it was off. But then he there was no one else got a hit in the game, or or just weird stuff would happen. The first Red Sox no hitter that happened like at that time was Hideo Nomo of all people. Yeah. <laughs> was the first Red Sox pitcher to get a to have a no hitter in how many years? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you just have the weirdness of some guys like Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan, if you look at his statistics, and I just I pull them up because I'm just that kind of curious cat. Nolan Ryan won 324 games in his career. He lost 292. He is 526 winning percentage. Yeah. Just over 50%. Mm-hmm. However, he has seven no-hitters in his career over a 30 oh, it spans three decades. That's three more than any other pitcher in baseball history. Yeah. It just so it's just one of these weird things that it kind of dives into this oddly specific odd thing that can happen even to some even a even a pitcher like advanced in years. Like mm-hmm. it can just the stars line up and 
And and I love that point in the movie where where Gus, his catcher, uh, John C. Riley comes out and and Billy actually asks him, he's like, "Has anybody been on base?" <laughs> and 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 Gus is like, "Not that I've seen." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just great because he's like, you know. And he's like, we don't suck right now, like because the team is not doing well. It's the end of a disappointing season. Like we don't suck right now. We are gonna, we are playing awesome for you, and all. It kind of rallies you up, and you get all the like the like the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. It's that big rah rah moment. It's again, it's another like this team has nothing to play for, but this is an immortal moment, you know. So it kind of it's a little bit of a spiritual twin to Tin Cup in that way, yeah. and I just I love that part of it. I love the sports minutia, the mm-hmm. weirdness, and the weird little mm-hmm. nooks and crannies of the the sports English muffin, if you will. I didn't think I'd be able to tie that in. The wow, that... sports English muffin. There's a phrase I didn't think I would hear ever. That's, and that's uh, a hell of a band name, actually. When you Uncle think about Todd it, Todd has uh, cracked that nut <laughs> that that nut open. So there we go. You're welcome. You are welcome, world. You are welcome. Feel free to use sports English muffin. <laughs> <laughs> I patented it. I should get three fifty. Yeah, that will be nice, but probably not. So uh, what do you got? Uh, so wait a minute, that was your number three. That All was right, my so number I'm... three. We are on your number three, sir. All right, number three. Uh, well, we share a baseball uh, movie here. So we've got Bull Durham for me, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Anything that goes that far to have a stewardess on it. I mean, <laughs> tipping the guy off for the pitches, and then the second time he does, he's like, you told him what I was going to throw, didn't you? Yep. I just love the names in this. Ebby Calvin Lelouch. Oh, Nuke Lelouch. Who has a million-dollar arm but a five-cent head. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, You know what one of my favorite parts of this movie is? The announcer. (laughs) Yep. Yes. Eric Calvin Lelouch uh, coming out here in the seven. I I just, I just, that guy is fan freaking tastic. Oh gosh. And the way that like they're they're like doing it over the phone, and he come over with like the two the two pieces of wood, and another hit for the Durham Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I almost did that with a lisp because I I almost want to I I I, I could picture Dusty Rhodes being oh, that gosh. character as well. Another who another hit for Ebby Lelouch. Nuke just going crazy on him today. <laughs> <laughs> Here he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, but no, great, funny. great flick, quotable. Well, I and, mean, and, and the Robert sorry, Wall, oh my gosh, sorry, oh. the part, the part you were first alluding to, where where Crash is trying to teach. So, so Crash Davis is is Kevin Costner, and Nuke Lelouch is Tim Robbins, and Crash is trying to teach him, you know, not to think by by letting the catcher make the calls, and Nuke keeps waving him off, and then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then what he does after that, he's telling the batters exactly what pitch he's throwing. When you speak of me, speak of me well. (laughs) And then the one I love is like the dude sitting there staring at the ball. He's like, you can sit here and show up my pitcher. Move it, dummy. (laughs) Like Crash is just like the most cantankerous ball player ever, but he's just, he loves the game so much he just won't quit. It's it's great. Well, And and I mean, even... I mean, yeah. and you have so many great moments, so many. And well, and sorry to bring up another, but lest we not forget the the uh, the gathering at the pitcher's mound as they start to discuss oh, what, yes. what what the wedding present is going to be. I think too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. candlesticks are always a good, good, uh, good gift. <laughs> Robert Wool, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Wool. I mean, he is he he is an unsung hero of supporting actors. Robert Wool, he is hysterical. 
Which, I mean, actually, if you're only going to have two baseball movies in your career, oh, that gosh. and Cobb, if you've ever seen Cobb with Tommy Lee Jones and, and Robert Wall as um, uh, Al Stump, the biographer of, of Ty Cobb and, and the, the misadventures of Stump and Cobb, uh, it, man, if you're going to have two baseball flicks on your resume, those are two are pretty good ones to have, I think. But yeah, Agreed. Bull Durham just uh, just great, and that gets before you even get into Susan Sarandon, who uh, is great in the flick, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, you know, you lollygag around. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> never heard it. Never heard a, a manager chew guys out and use the word lollygag that much. <laughs> what does that make them? Lollygaggers, sir. Lollygaggers. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact is, like, he needs Crash to tell him. He's like, they're kids. Yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes in, and he takes the... I love how he takes, like, a trash can full of baseball bats and just chucks them into the shower. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's oh, so much to love. So much to love. Let's work on your... Uh, oh, uh, w- let's work on your... Um, ah, cliches. Let's work on your cliches. Oh, oh right, right, yes. So good, so good. Well, and 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 let, lest we not forget the name that Crash gives Ebby in the beginning of the movie, Meat. Yes. Why do you keep calling me Meat? I'm the one who's got a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Which is also, of course, and 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 let's not let's just tip the hand here. Bull Durham is your number two flick, so let's just let's keep this party rolling. Yeah, here. I, I, I mean, mean, you know, it, it, it's another one of those cases of of having having Costner play kind of this down on his like player. And, and and I remember the first time I, I watched this movie, like I, I was, I was actually getting kind of like ticked off that the hero, or if you want to call it that, the, the, the hero of the movie is crash, but mm-hmm. he doesn't end up in the majors. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't end up fulfilling his dream. He ends up, this is kind of like the final chapter almost in his, in his playing career. And, and really when the movie ends, he's, he's talking about moving on to being like a manager Mm-hmm. And you know, watching like like it, it was kind of frustrating seeing you know the idiot Lelouch be the one who goes to the majors, you know, and yeah, and, and and like get the big break that Crash never had when Crash has all this knowledge and he's, he, you know, he seems like a, a, a you know a good player, but he's just he's older, you know, and and Costner just plays that sort of down on his luck, you know, older player just so well and. This was just great because, I mean, I, I just enjoyed all of the ways that, that Crash is just messing around with Lelouch, you know, as he's trying to teach him. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and just, just their whole interaction was just hysterical. I mean, it was it, it's just such a funny movie and just puts a really funny spin on just a lot of like, – like like we talked about, that whole gathering at the pitcher's mound. You know, you, like every time you see like one of those gatherings, like now that you see it all the time on Major League Baseball, but I can't help but wonder what they talk about now when, they're, mm-hmm. when they do that or when the manager – a couple managers go and, and, and talk to the pitcher. It's like you're wondering, are they discussing uh, what they're going to get one of the players for a wedding gift or are they actually talking business? Yeah, so, or, the, or whether they're bad is their glove is cursed or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, oh, man. It, just just such a classic and just so good and definitely worthy of, of being in 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 the top two at a minimum because I think this was one that really cemented you know Costner as as, as a really really good you know just player or actor of ball players and and just I mean he just captured that that smarmy veteran you know just so well I, I mean not not that his character was bad smarmy but it was like 
the guy had a chip on his shoulder because he's like, I know all this, I'm good, and I really should be, you know, in the majors right now, you know, sort yeah. of thing. Like, that was his attitude. Well, it was and, opening line in the flick is like, who are you? I'm the player to be named later. <laughs> what a freaking gift of a line uh-huh. is that? It, it, That's it was your fantastic. entree into the movie. Like, you know what? That's it. Just shut it down. We don't need any more. We're making this a short. The movie is ending right here. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get any better. But yeah, that's oh such a such a great flick. And and I've 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 heard in different interviews how how different people have said like yeah that was that was very authentic to minor league baseball life at that time. Yeah. Now it's a it's a lot different now. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's who's talked to someone recently who is a general manager for a minor league baseball team, like he's like, it's it's way different than it used to be. There's no pancakes and French toast at breakfast before the game and stuff. It's like, you know, power bars and fruit and, you know, all the protein and, you know, all that. Like everyone's very into nutrition now. But, mm-hmm. you know, you don't go out and turn on the sprinklers to get yourself a rain delay uh, the way you used to or, you know, shenanigans such <laughs> as that shenanigans are kept to a minimum our shenanigans are cheeky and fun yeah yeah or you know at least they're different shenanigans shenanigans now i swear to god i'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans uh well so uh my number two movie uh would be tin cup because just uh, for all the reasons that we talked about before but also so incredibly quotable so incredibly quotable you know, like the the whole the whole bit where Romeo's like, your head was getting in the way. Well, that's hardly ever been the case before. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, that's that's I should just I that's going to be on my tombstone, really. I, that's <laughs> my nice. head has rarely gotten in gotten in my way in my life. Nice. Um, but yeah, so so quotable and so rewatchable. I I could just rewatch that. I could rewatch that every weekend and and be quite happy about it. It's not. A, it's a spa. You know, mm-hmm. that it's just little things like that, you know, like, oh, come on. Just great. Oh, I love that flick. Love it, love it, love yeah. it. No, it's 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 a classic and, and you know, really the the point of the show, you know, is just about how like like it's just funny how all of these sports and these sorts of movies just kind of seem to orbit Costner. You know, I mean he, mm-hmm. he just plays these kinds of characters so well and and you just lock right into to what he's doing, and and he and he never feels like out of place in terms of playing these guys. You know, no, he, he, not at he all. Really communicates tone and attitude very well. Yes, yeah, ev- exactly. Couldn't have said it better, sir. That's why you get the big bucks. Ah, uh, thank you very much. All right, so what's your top Costner sports flick? Well, if you haven't figured it out since we chatted <laughs> about it a little bit ago, uh, it's Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp is my friend. Yeah, how did you know? Uh well. Uh, Field of Dreams is my top choice. Uh, really enjoyed the story behind it and just everything about it really kind of being about, you know, ultimately a, a father-son story, but also, you know, just a, a baseball, love of baseball story. I mean, it, it's very different. It's very odd. Who the hell are you? And, and I kind of liked it, you know, like especially after mm-hmm. watching it, all, you know, all the way through and, and as – supernatural as some aspects of it was it just really came down to you know the character Costner was playing and his relationship with his dad and and I just love that that ending part where he's just like you know hey dad want to go have a catch get the hell out of here and and just just he and his dad throwing back and forth to each other and you know that that kind of being the the ending point I mean it doesn't 
it doesn't end up making a lot of sense in in the same ways that like you know Bull Durham is is really about you know Crash's journey to to the end of his playing career and and onto something new, or or with Tin Cup about you know Roy McElroy's you know you know uh, immortalizing himself in 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 his apparent you know failure. This one is just more about how baseball plays that role in forging relationships with you know between fathers and sons and. And just that that kind of just that bond that, that it just kind of has the ability to form, you know, I think mm-hmm. was was really cool. And so I, I enjoyed uh, I just I just enjoyed the premise of it. I mean, as we talked about, it is not a movie that is one that I go and rewatch multiple times. It's it's not, you know, quotable in the same way that you have, you know, like we were just discussing with Bull Durham or with Tin Cup. He's love dope. But it's it's got a lot of heart to it. Now get the hell out of here. And mm-hmm. and I think it just has, you know, just the, those um just those life kind of stories to them that that I think a lot of people can relate to with with baseball being kind of a a language of sorts that that kind of extends beyond time and and beyond uh people so i i I just i i really enjoyed it it's a classic and and i just uh thought it was worthy uh of a number one um this is not one where where costner plays a down on his well he is playing a down on his luck farmer i suppose but but he's not ready to lose the farm yeah right he he's he's on on the brink of losing the farm but but it's not like he as a player is suffering you know in the way that he is in, in these other movies so True. So yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed that very much, and uh, that is my number one. Well, uh, if you haven't guessed by now, my number one is Waterworld. I've, I was just terribly impressed by Dennis Oh, Hopper. sweet <laughs> Moses. Get the hell out of here! Sorry, I could, couldn't pull it off. Uh, number one for me is Draft Day, and uh, a, a bit of an odd. Do explain, pick, I, sir. Do explain. So I really like this movie just in the fact that, um, one, it's it's not Kevin Costner trying to portray a player. Uh, obviously, he he's a bit past that point at this point when it, when this movie came out in uh, 2014. But I I really enjoy kind of the bes- behind the scenes machinations of football and and the sports in general. Like I love the the player movement side of things, the, how do you construct a team and all these things. So this one's kind of a natural for me because it dives into that. Uh, and, and it's also, I, it's got a really good cast. I mean, you've got, you've got Costner, you've got Chadwick Boseman who is playing, um, what's, oh my gosh, uh, Vontae Mack. Gosh, what a great freaking name, man. Uh, uh, and then you've got a uh, Jennifer Garner, you got Frank Langella playing the, uh, <laughs> the owner of the Cleveland Browns who is just kind of over the top just you know owner kind of guy uh you've got um uh uh, you got patrick uh how do you say that saint spree um patrick saint yeah uh, yeah patrick saint saint spree i think is the way it's okay uh as the as the gm of the the seattle seahawks which is terribly important and pivotal pivotal to the movie uh and then of course you got terry cruz who's playing uh and and a former player for the browns whose son is going to be is up for being drafted um and hoping to go to the browns uh and it's a solid cast you mentioned dennis larry Ah, yes. Oh, my gosh. How did I not mention Dennis Leary? Dennis Leary is the coach of the Browns, the new coach of the Browns. I'm just looking at the cast list, and I think it's hysterical that Dennis Leary is in this, and he plays a head coach. (laughs) And the funny thing is, he plays a very Barry Switzer sort of character. Like, his... He plays a guy who who came in and rode somebody else's team 
to a Super Bowl. And that's his thing. He keeps on showing off his Super Bowl ring. And so now he cashed in with a new contract with the Browns, but it's not like he built the team that won the Super Bowl. Mm. He was kind of there, and he, he took a team that was already good and, and got him. Or it might even be, you could even consider it like a John Gruden sort of thing. Like John, when John Gruden went to, went, to Tampa, uh, went to Tampa Bay and took essentially Tony Dungy's team and took him to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. you know beat his old team, who apparently were so stupid that they didn't bother changing any of the play calls, even when they knew it was their former head coach and he knew all of the freaking play calls. Anyways, um, <laughs> so it's just interesting how this whole thing. And the fact is, like it, it number one, I mean Chadwick Boseman is is great in it, but Costner does this great great job of never really showing his hand in terms of in talking with people. Mm. And the whole movie, it has to do with what he is going to do because they have the top pick. And then there's this hot shot, you know, uh, hot shot Heisman Trophy winner quarterback. But they have a quarterback and all this. And and what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And he makes a decision to take this one character. But then this whole it, it then throws everything else into into chaos and he ends up circling back it's crazy so uh and i love how the fact that it's uh it is based on some things that happened mm. um so the the trade that cleveland made in this movie is similar uh actually no so cleveland traded to get the first pick in the movie uh the trade that cleveland made in the movie is similar to a real life trade made in 2012 where washington traded their 2012 number six overall pick and their uh 2012 second round selection, 2013 first round, and 2014 first round selection uh, in order to get the number two pick that year so that they could uh, draft Robert Griffin III, which, as we all know, just didn't work out too well. Mostly because I... Oh, what's his name? Not not Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan's old man. Um, oh, uh... Yeah. Old man Shanahan. Let's just call him Let's that. just old call him Shanahan. We'll take it. We'll take it. Who... Had a had a pretty good quarterback, and then completely ruined him because he kept on putting him out in the field after he was totally injured, and mm-hmm. essentially ruined the guy's career. Anyways, uh, and then of course there's also like instances where they're they're playing with the idea of like he might they might not get the pick in on time and things like that, and they cite that. And then the uh, in 2014 there was a lot of similarities where you had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback falling in the draft, you know, all these things going on. Uh, but it's Overall, it's really about, again, it's another one of these things of this character is going through and dealing with stuff in his life. So it has some parallels to a lot of other movies, you know. And so to me, it's kind of like it's almost like the culmination of all the other. It's like a greatest hits in some ways um, of his other flicks into this one. And it's to me, it's incredibly uh, rewatchable. There's also a great uh, a great line at the end, which um, this has a very if you have the DVD which I do, it's an interesting little thing on there that you don't see very often. It has a writer's commentary track. There's no director's oh, commentary track. Because uh, normally you'll see a director commentary track or you or you get like a director and actor or even an actor commentary track. This has a writer's commentary track. And the two writers will talk through the whole movie. And there's this one point where Kevin Costner's character... Is, is antagonizing another GM and he says, come on, you pancake-eating MFR uh, of a family show, so I'm trying to keep it, you know, I'm trying to use good words. And uh, Ah, we thank you. But that was Costner's line. And they're like, go figure the most recognizable line in the movie is we didn't write it. Oh, it was Costner. Funny. Which I was like, that's just perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the whole thing is just kind of, 
way over the top and and yeah. I, I I just I really 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 like this movie and I've I've rewatched this prop the only I've only rewatched Tin Cup more than this movie out of Costner's movies. Uh, oh, but it's it is to me it's almost like the culmination of all of his other sports movies came to full flower in this movie. I will take this as uh, homework. I believe it's it's got to be streaming somewhere. I mean yeah. everything is for crying out loud. I mean the I Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension is streaming somewhere. So I mean <laughs> this has got to be streaming. Oh, that's funny. So just for the record, uh, my number one was your number five, and my number five was your number one. Yeah, I mean, we almost managed to go complete mirror because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the only thing that stopped is if you had switched Bull Durham and For Love of the Game, well, actually, uh, yeah, if you had switched those two, we would have been exact, we would have met in the middle on Bull Durham, mm-hmm. and yeah, we would have been completely mirrored. Yep. Yep. Weird. Weird stuff, I tell you. Wicked weird. And and just one one last thing uh, before we uh, wrap this up, um, gotta love the names overall. I mean, uh, Roy McElroy, Billy uh, Chapel, Mac- Crash Mac- Davis. I mean, hang on, hang on, Roy McAvoy. Oh, McAvoy, sorry. Yes, please put a little respect on his name. McAvoy, Roy McAvoy. Yes, fine striker of the of the ball out of West Texas. Bill Billy Chapel, even Sonny Weaver Jr. Uh, yeah, a little, little ring to it right there. Oh, it's got a little class to it, you know. And uh, Ray Kinsella, not so much, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is kind of the dog of the five, really. It's oh, but still, uh, just just some classic classic names to go with some classic characters. Yes, yeah, I would have to say Crash Davis and Roy McAvoy are probably the pick of the litter mm-hmm. of, of the two, really. I but I mean, Sonny Weaver and and and. Billy Chapel also really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Billy Chapel especially, because then they get to do that that, that line sounds like a where it's like name. that sounds like today. Where's it uh, today? Uh, this uh, this cathedral belongs. This cathedral of baseball belongs to a chapel. And I was just like, dang, that's good. Like that's totally like hyperbole cranked up to eleven. But oh, damn, no. if that isn't a good line, I like it. Indeed. indeed. Uh, but anyway, so Kevin, wherever you are. You're not on Twitter, otherwise I would have extended an invite to be here to accept in person. But, Kevin, thank you, Mr. Costner, for such great sports flicks. You are the king. We hereby crown you henceforth with and forevermore king of the sports flick. And somewhere Kevin Costner's like, like I give a crap to what two chuckleheads on a podcast? What's well, a podcast? Or, or, or just like, who, who are these two yahoos? <laughs> Well, actually, our listeners ask that question every week. So, you know, they, of course, you know, Mr. Costner is going to be saying that. 40 minute week in geek, man. 40 minutes. Yes. Jesus. Yep. Chuckleheads, we are. Now get the hell out of here. Yes. And another thing. So, what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Well, I, I had something prepared, but I'm going to defer it for another episode. Uh, uh-huh. This 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 one, uh, you know, typically this this section is is for us to suggest something to uh, listeners. Uh, this one here, I'm just going to simply put. Uh, th- this past weekend, uh, our oldest son uh, graduated high school, and uh, as as much as people were expecting it, I did not break out into a macho man impression during the processional. Uh, did not give an ooh yeah. Um, you should but, have. Uh, you should have, sir. It's a missed opportunity. Although you have another one, so you have you, you still have time. <laughs> there is an opportunity, right? Yes. 
Then there's college graduations too. I mean, oh, come on. that is true. That is true. But yeah, no, just just wanted to give a uh, shout out to uh, to my son TJ and the the uh, accomplishment that has been uh, achieved in in this milestone of his life, and uh, we look forward to seeing where where uh, life will take him as he moves on uh, to his next phase in college. Yes, indeed, a, a pip hip and a huzzah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And you, sir, what is your and another thing? So I'm a big fan of, of Henry Rollins' uh, spoken word engagements, or any pretty much any interview with Henry Rollins is just absolute gold. Mm-hmm. He is just so immensely entertaining to listen to. And uh, the one that I'm going to recommend to you right now is uh, a 2018 special uh, entitled Keep Talking, Pal. And it is... It is just great. I mean, Hank is, is just so fun to freaking fun to listen to, and you. It was kind of jarring because a lot of the the specials I've watched have been kind of uh, younger versions of Henry, and then this one shot only a few years ago. Of course, Henry is you know he's as he puts it in this show hurtling towards sixty, and uh, I believe he might actually be sixty at this. He, I think actually he is sixty. It's a little jarring at first, but then after he starts talking for a few minutes, I'm like, oh, it's totally the same guy, and he goes into <laughs> so many different weird things and just stuff that is exciting to him and the minutia of life and and for someone who is so incredibly intelligent but yet also acknowledges just how bloody awkward he is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a human being it's great because i'm like this is my guy this this is me if i actually you know applied myself and um so it's it very entertaining very insightful and always a good time so definitely check that out keep talking pal henry rollins uh you can find it streaming i'll have a a link to it in the show notes but then also you can check out any interview of him on uh, youtube and go down that rabbit hole for several hours and not be disappointed Mm mm-hmm So, I believe this is when we uh, get to the point in the show when we say our goodbyes. Adieu, adieu. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, actually, it's sweet sorrow for us, but for the rest of you, you're like, what are you doing over there? Now you're dropping crap. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) See, you went to the hospital. Have you no professionalism? (laughs) Well, no, you went to the hospital like a week, a week and a half ago. I'm, I'm scared you're falling off your seat and kibitzing around the floor. <laughs> I apologize. Here, hold on a minute. There we go. Oh, see, there we go. Oh, now we're shaving it. So I, do you at least have your medical work, like necklace on or something? <laughs> I do. I I'm good to go. And I can't reach my meat. <laughs> I need good a sausage. Lord. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here I am trying to wrap this show up, and I've got. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on. There we go. My gosh, it's like it's like I don't know if you're being robbed or if you're now you're organizing your cellar while we're doing the show. I got no freaking clue. Hey, actually, we 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 did debunkerize the basement, so it is uh, back to living quarters uh, as it once was. No longer a fallout shelter for the pandemic. So, well, that's nice, at least I guess. <laughs> For you, for the people on the show, they're like, this was already bad. Now what's happening? So anyway, I was trying to wax poetic, but, you know. Apologies. Heck with that, apparently. Just, you know, thanks for showing up, people. And I don't know. I I don't care anymore. Jeez. (laughs) To the gathering of the free-range idiocy congregation, I apologize. 
As do not I. Because, not because of the quality of the show. I just apologize in general that this is your lot in life to listen to us. Honestly, this quality of the show, now as we're here in episode 66, you should have known better. And <laughs> you probably should have listened to your mom and applied yourself better, and we'd all be in better Execute stead right now. Execute order 66. Yeah, something. That's right. I didn't even, I didn't even connect those dots. See, it once again. Do it. Exactly. So thank you all for tuning in and listening to whatever the hell we've been doing for the past 90 minutes or so. The time uh, foolery. We, we, certainly, we certainly appreciate it. We appreciate you all tuning in. We appreciate you subscribing. If you have not subscribed and you've listened, you've listened this far, for goodness sake, do yourself a favor. Make sure, make sure you don't miss an episode. You can find us on Podbean. We are also on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. If you go to freerangeidc.com, you will see all of our episodes lined up there all nice and pretty in a row. You can also find us on the social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are at freerangeidc. We're pretty easy to find. Ain't nobody claiming to be us. We are not that famous. Uh, and if you have any questions or complaints, certainly the complaints, send them to Tim at freerangeidc.com. He is our customer service department because, quite honestly, if you send them to me, they're just going in the delete file. Tim will actually take the time to talk to you. I am antisocial. Although I might be busy, like, you know, trimming my beard. But, you know. Well, that too. Either that or, you know, you'll, your fingers will be slipping all over the keyboard because there'll be bacon grease all over them. If Tim goes in the hospital again, I'm still going to be having to answer all your emails. Where's like, that slab of ribs? <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Sir, we need to take you in to your surgery. I got another email to answer. Hang on. Sir, your EKG is in the shape of a filet mignon. <laughs> <laughs> Wife will be standing by the bed. You never, no, no, never mind. Just pull the plug. Just pull the plug now. <laughs> He's not on life support. Pull the plug, I said. <laughs> You know how much I got this chucklehead and shirt for? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So, anyways, now that I've I've done my bit, uh, it's time for me to <laughs> shut my flap and uh, and turn it over to the man who I, I've, I've turned to for, for years, years, when I have important life decisions coming up, when I have important decisions to be made. I, I turned to Tim, and quite honestly, he steered me wrong Every single time. But, Come on now. Well, okay, 95% of the time he steered me wrong. There's that 5% he was right on. And, you know, for that, I thank him. Um, so I turn to Tim, and I, I, as I go through what we've been talking about all tonight, I say, Tim, the hell do we learn? Uh, we have learned the following, my friend. Ah, good. We at least something positive is coming out of this. First, uh, the Disney Plus. They're, they're getting a little adult with their content, it seems. Ooh. Uh, we have learned to Disney After Dark. Disney After Dark. Uh, we have host. also learned Big Hero Six. Great flick. Great Did you flick. Say Big Hero Sex or Six? You're I the... said Big Hero Six. Okay, I was a little nervous. I thought there was something else going on that I turn didn't up know. your hearing aid, boy. This, some, this is going to be on Disney's Star. Like, whoa. <laughs> they weren't kidding about this adult content stuff. Big Hero 6. Uh, do check it out. It is a uh, quality flick and, and a fun one to boot. We have learned uh, that uh, myself, uh, I have been shamed not once, not twice, but thrice for my viewing Shame. faux pas. Shame! And uh, we'll be beginning to uh, consume... 
Clone Wars season one, or, or the Everest that is the seven seasons of, of uh, Clone Wars, in earnest, post haste, and forthwith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, uh, the crux of this entire episode, uh, Mr. Kevin Costner is the king of the sports flick. So say we all. It's good to be the king. It is good. With that being said, I uh, just want to thank our listeners, uh, as Uncle Todd has already said. want to thank them all for the downloads, for the listens, for the, uh, for the interest, for, for the, the journey that you take uh, with us on this, the Free Range uh, Idiotacy. Uh, we thank you for, for bearing with us, uh, especially uh, the tomfoolery uh, that, ins- that, that tends to transpire on these shows shenanigans the shenanigans if you will but uh as we like to wrap up uh as always be safe be healthy be kind be good to one another and uh just for no other good reason other than uncle todd and i are just lazy please would you hit the lights on the way out what the hell's going on out there looks like a convention pretty soon they're gonna call the roll (laughs) get your ass out there and check it out Oh, he's doing that Arnold Palmer thing. Oh, 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 oh. Excuse me, what the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live rooster. Was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. Well, uh... Candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe we can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware pack. Okay, let's get to it. Here we go. Add it all to do over. Sure. There you go. You're yourself a lot just to prove your hand. So, you know why I still hit that shot? It's of course very long. You may be right, boss, but you know what? Sometimes the power is good enough to you are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. I'm your huckleberry. Yeah, Tim can't get up off the floor to hit that. You, are you finally done with the left leg? <laughs> <laughs> You're you onto the cheeks now. You get <laughs> getting into that thicket. I'll maybe, just maybe. stop. I'll get you. I'll get you a selfie stick. You can get the back. <laughs> I've gone through three electric razors. I'm only halfway done. Oh, you're killing me! You're killing me, Smalls. Like, you're killing me. People at the store ask me if I'm trying to shave a bear. Now get the hell out of here!